0: Before we start, I would like to draw your attention to what I can offer you as a master coach. I can help you to focus on your why with clarity, uniting your passion with your purpose with a plan to create the life you truly desire. Book a free 20 minute coaching call right now via calendly.com forward slash Amy Rowlandson forward slash call and we can take it from there. As I approach the 300th episode milestone in my 47th Reflections with Actions episode today, it struck me that I am sitting on an absolute goldmine of research of purpose here. And I will attempt to do my guests some justice by unravelling the golden threads that thread all these episodes together. In this celebratory milestone compilation episode with 300 of Focus on Why, past and future guests and several audience members will share with me their key insights on what strength of purpose means to them. What initially started out as a home-based lockdown project back in April 2020 in London, England, to provide hope, reassurance and motivation, has since evolved to become a successful global platform for purpose-driven people to share their stories and experiences focused on their why. Through each of the 300 relatable, uplifting and inspiring podcast conversations, Focus on Why is now downloaded in 117 countries, providing remarkable soundtracks to people's own personal movies. I see Focus on Why as a celebration of human connectedness and diversity through its living library of pioneers of purpose from all walks of life, sharing their unique stories. Guests on Focus on Why continue to demonstrate how they use their chosen purpose as their superpower to exhibit resilience, perseverance and compassion in the pursuit of what they desire to achieve, not only in their lifetime, but far, far beyond. And as a result of their overriding purpose, they each focus on how their individual contribution to making the world a better place for all has become their living legacy. With my gentle yet open and inquisitive approach, I ask each of my guests curious yet probing and thought-provoking questions to explore the why behind what they have achieved when faced with adversity and how they have leveraged their strengths to pursue their purpose-driven cause. Do you know why you do what you do in life? Over the oncoming months, I'm going to go back and look at all the episodes and see if there's one single common thread that can be found across all the conversations – or whether there is much more to purpose than meets the observer's eye. My instinctive observation is that purpose is not as straightforward as I initially thought. There's no such thing as a perfect storm that occurs before you reach your clarity of purpose. You will choose your unique purpose when the moment is right. I can simplify the focus on why concept into three steps – Purpose, plan and pursuit have it as much complexity to be found within the apparent simplicity of the why driver for each person. Purpose is personal to the individual and yet it is not focused on nor originates to serve solely the individual. Purpose is focused outwards and yet is driven by an intrinsically motivated desire that gives the individual their meaning to live their life. Purpose is inherently subjective and is more often driven by an intense desire to help others shaped by the relationships and experiences we have with others and will almost always involve the desire to prioritise helping others over ourselves. Purpose is attained in the act of doing something that is far greater than for oneself. Purpose needs to be in accordance to one's values to be believed to be of value, importance and service to others. Purpose is individual, yet is shaped and influenced by those you surround yourself with. Not just the five people, as Jim Rohn was reported to have said, but all the people you surround yourself with. They all have an impact on your thoughts, your beliefs, your behaviours and your actions. Individual thoughts combined with collective thoughts are what form your purpose. It is through the combination of values and values levels, as outlined in the work of Dr. Claire Graves, that collide and form the foundation for your direction and your decision making. You choose your purpose, however, the company you keep will likely choose your purpose for you by default. Therein lies the paradox of purpose. On this podcast, I keep myself in great company of purpose-driven people working to create a better world through their focus on why. In episode 300, I will focus in on the strength of human purpose across 11 different people. But for now, let's look at the last five guests in today's Reflections with Actions. Do you know what your purpose is and are you living a purposeful life? Cyril Mannion from episode 293, Never Lose Focus, does. Standing in the school playground, age seven to watch an Aer Lingus plane fly overhead, was when Cyril's absolute passion for flying started. Yet despite his natural aptitude for flying, it took Cyril 42 years for his dreams to come true. During his long journey to command of long-haul Boeing jets, his aviation career had many twists and turns. He first served as an RAF Hercules navigator and Tornado fighter pilot instructor to finally fulfil his purpose to become an airline captain. Cyril followed his own advice to never lose focus. Captain Cyril retired from flying in 2010 and is now an entertaining speaker who specializes in simplifying aviation topics for non technical audiences. He tells tales from his flying experiences and he also inspires his audiences to play the long game and keep sight of their aims. 42 years of sheer focus. You're never too old to start something new. I say it all the time you can be a midlife beginner, you can be a late life beginner. It's never too late to be who you might have been. Never give up on your dreams. Cyril said, never lose focus on the objective. Share your mental model with people around you. And then everybody knows what you're trying to achieve. Absolutely. Make it a collective and collaborative affair. Allow others to help you. Point you in the right direction. Introduce you to the right people. Help you to achieve your purpose. I've spoken about grit before, but not in great depth. Let's look at how sheer determination and perseverance combined with deliberate practice to pursue a dream leads to success. Attributing grit to the common factor found among high achievers, Angela Duckworth, in her research, as shared in her book Grit, discovered that what we eventually accomplish may depend more on our passion and perseverance than on our innate talent or IQ. Daily perseverance and deliberate practice will lead to mastery. When you master the mundane, you master life. Master the mundane? Now that doesn't sound very attractive, does it? I have to agree, it actually sounds pretty horrendous. However, it is the small and sometimes inconsequential daily actions which compound over time that make all the difference. Having clarity of purpose helps you to understand why those daily actions matter. The foundations of great self leadership are formed in the application, tracking, and measuring of your daily habits. It is all based on the mastery of the mundane. This can be said to be the case for most areas of business and life. It is the daily habits, the decisions, the choices that we make and face every day that make a difference to how we shape our future. Einstein said that compounding is the eighth wonder of the world and the book The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy is based on the principle that decisions shape your destiny. Your future is what you make of it. Little, everyday decisions will take you either to the life you desire or to disaster by default. In fact, it's the smallest decisions that shape our lives. It is the principle of reaping huge rewards from a series of small, smart choices. Cyril recognised this early on. He set his compass and knew the course of direction from an early age. Decisions and choices were easy to make because they either took him closer to what he wanted or pushed him further away. You may not realise just how significant small, seemingly insignificant or mundane steps completed consistently over time can be. Perseverance prevails. You've all heard the fable, the hare and the tortoise, slow and steady wins the race. But how did the tortoise win? The tortoise was more successful by moving slowly, steadily and continuously. Not like the hare who, overconfident, dashed around in short bursts and took a long break. Perseverance beats speed. You don't need to be the smartest or the fastest to succeed. It took Cyril 42 years to win his race, but he got there. The application of his consistent, positive daily habits made him a winner, just like the tortoise. You reap what you sow. You can't get out of life what you're not willing to put into it. What are the seeds that you're sowing today? What do you need to do to nurture them? When will they be ready to harvest? That's a timeline you can set. If you want it and believe in it, trust in the process and the plan and pursue it. Master the mundane, keep focused. You may have to keep adjusting your course to stay on track, but when you know what you want, the path is clear. That's not to say there won't still be obstacles. Expect there to be many. Just know why you're facing them and you'll conquer each and every one. Every choice you make shapes how you live today, but more importantly, how you will live the rest of your life. The biggest difference between successful people and unsuccessful people is that successful people are willing to do what unsuccessful people are not. They're willing to master the mundane, knowing that it will help them to achieve their goals and purpose. When faced with a difficult, tedious or tough choice, take responsibility and know that you are in control of your own future. Your life is the product of your moment to moment choices. You have the incredible power to change your life by changing these choices. Remember, Aristotle said, we are what we repeatedly do. Perseverance and purpose will take you to where you wish to go. Moment by moment, day by day, your choices shape your actions until they become habits where practice makes them permanent. Leadership expert John C. Maxwell said, you will never change your life until you change something you do daily. The secret of your success is found in your daily routine. So never give up, never lose sight of your objective. From the age of eight until 50, Cyril never lost sight of his objective. 42 years to achieve purpose and pursue his dream. His journey was littered with obstacles. Any one of them could have stopped him in his tracks, but no, he persevered and he planned. He built in contingencies. He was ready for the unexpected. It was his sheer determination, consistent focus, ability to analyse risk, to plan and react that helped him to achieve. Michelle Obama said, there is no magic to achievement. It's really about hard work, choices and persistence. Now, in this episode, I mentioned the book Black Box Sinking by Matthew Syed, as it focuses on the aviation industry, as well as the medical profession, science and politics. It's a fabulous book, which focuses in on marginal gains, on challenging assumptions and the learnings that we find through failure. It highlights how the damage from the blame culture of society prohibits us from progressing, from innovating and from achieving success. The fear of being blamed or being sued prevents many professionals from sharing the truth. This blame culture inhibits growth, learning and development, encouraging shame, deceit and lack of accountability. For the reflection here, I want to focus in on the aviation industry link. There are many stories shared in the book, one being around the changes made in flight protocol after studying the serious errors made by pilots and co-pilots. They lost sense of time and awareness because of a protection of the ego, the concern that they would be blamed for making erroneous decisions. And this is where the term black box thinking originates, working out what went wrong by going back, tracing all the steps that led to the moment of disaster and then ensuring that those mistakes would not happen again. How could you apply black box thinking to your life? A stop, pause, breathe, continue moment as Adrian Brown referred to back in episode 002. Can you fly the plane? Your metaphorical plane that is. What are the decision making process steps that you need to put into place to fly it safely? Cyril said to focus on your strategic aim and to never lose sight as in doing so you will spot so many opportunities. My reflection with action from Cyril's message is to never lose focus and to apply my own version of black box thinking. How about you? To move forward, take a moment to pause, to reflect, adjust if needed, refocus and continue. Another person who's grateful for the small things because he knows that it is the small things actually make all the difference is my guest from episode 294, Unstoppable Force for Good with Andy Green. Serving as another great reminder that we are on a constant journey pursuing constant improvement and that every day is a school day, Andy said that there is always something new to learn, that you never know everything and if you think you know everything, then that's a very dangerous place to get to because that then breeds complacency. Indeed, a truly dangerous territory to enter. A lifetime of working with extraordinary mentors, personal development and constant learning has guided Andy through moments of imposter syndrome and broke down limiting beliefs. Stepping away from the clinical side of being a vet for 30 years, Andy's passion and comprehensive understanding of personal development, particularly what makes people tick, is at the forefront of his current role. Despite working with animals, Andy has always had a focus on people, which is why his purpose in life is simple. It is to be an unstoppable force for good. It's to wherever he possibly can, leave whomever he meets, whomever he interacts with or whomever he talks to and spends time with in a better place than when he found them. Sounds simple, but actually that's huge. It's an incredible impact to be making and many ripple effects will occur as a result. Highly experienced in the field of personal development and leadership mentoring with a particular emphasis on communication skills and team building, Andy is certified in NLP and neuro strategies as well as a certified trainer in contribution compass behavioral profiling and its application within teams. And it's via the contribution compass profiling tool where actually our worlds collided. The inventor of this tool is Paul Evans, my guest from episode 239, play a much bigger game. And Andy and I both attended one of Paul's networking evenings. However, we didn't get a chance to meet up on that night. So I followed up via LinkedIn afterwards to say it was a shame that our paths had not crossed and would he be up for a call. Well, we got on really well, sharing a passion for people, what makes them tick and what their purpose is. So I invited Andy onto the podcast. My reflections from Andy's conversation were many. His passion for personal development meant that he covered many areas that I could pick up on. Limiting beliefs, imposter syndrome, labels and the power they have over us, the stories we tell ourselves and believe, the three decisions we make, the need to move outside the comfort zone, testing boundaries, NLP, communication, principles of empathy, being in flow, zone of genius, the benefits of deliberate practice. But of all of those, I want to pick up on two threads, principles of empathy and the three decisions we make. Principles of empathy. Andy said that one of his gifts is his empathy, that he's very attuned to what people are feeling and feels he can pull thoughts out of their frontal lobe, that he knows what they're thinking or can predict what they'll say. This level of connectivity extends to two very different states of feeling. Amazing when people are feeling good and really bad when he gets sucked down into their spiral. Andy uses his NLP and advanced communication skills to deduce what someone is saying as well as what the person is not saying. There is so much that's being communicated from people's nonverbal cues. So, what are the principles of empathy? Daniel Goleman, American author, psychologist, and science journalist who helped popularize emotional intelligence, identified five key elements of empathy: understanding others, developing others, having a service orientation, leveraging diversity political awareness. And Andy recommended a short video by Brenny Brown, which highlighted the differences between empathy and sympathy. It is short, just three minutes, so definitely go and check it out. Make it your one reflection with action that you take today. The link is in the show notes. And in the video, Brenny quoted the four attributes of empathy according to Professor Teresa Wiseman, a nursing scholar. And these are perspective taking, staying out of judgment, recognize emotions and communication. Being an empath, you're capable of understanding, interpreting other people's feelings by imagining yourself in others' lives or situations. But how good is your perspective taking? Do you manage to stay out of judgment? Do you easily recognize emotions? And what about your communication skills? Do you communicate effectively? In the video, Brenny Brown referenced four attributes and said that empathy fuels connection. Sympathy drives disconnection. Empathy is a vulnerable choice. Rarely can a response make something better. What makes something better is connection. Connection is key. Brenny Brown defines connection as the energy that exists between people when they feel seen, heard and valued, when they can give and receive without judgment, and when they drive sustenance and strength from the relationship. As a life purpose coach and podcaster, I'm a bridge builder, connecting people together from different cultures to understand purpose in everyday life. I aspire to build a better life and a better world for everyone through our connectedness. We are all in this together. We are just pieces of one giant jigsaw of life and there's strength in our solidarity. I'm building a stronger connection through the use of language. I studied linguistics for my degree 30 years ago and I'm still learning more about language every day today. Currently I'm listening to a series of lectures called Building a Better Vocabulary by Professor Kevin Flanagan on Audible. Professor Flanagan says that words have the power to change how you see the world. Let's just reflect on that statement again. Words have the power to change how you see the world. Words, their meaning and their effect on others, particularly as a professional speaker, podcaster and as a life purpose coach, will never cease to astound me. I choose my words carefully as not only is connection key, but so is communication. The combination of connection and communication is strong. Think of all the connections you make with words to your experiences, knowledge and people. Think how that goes on to inform, inspire and influence through your communication and in the conversations you have with people. It's just incredible. And the second thread that I want to pull on from Andy's episode is about the three decisions that Andy said we are making every moment of every day. What are you focusing on? What does it mean? What are you going to do? These are top level decision filters designed to organize your thoughts and actions. Decision filters are the simple questions that you use every day to help make decisions and take actions. An average adult supposedly makes about 35,000 decisions each day. That's a decision every two seconds based on the fact that you sleep around seven hours a day. When you have clear goals and objectives, you can easily filter decisions and questions through the mental filters, which are aligned with your goals to help you make decisions faster and get clarity around them. Take control of your mind and actively make decisions rather than your mind making decisions on your behalf. Before I make a decision, I ask, will it help me to achieve my goals? Will it give me more freedom and choice in how I live my life? Simple decision filters, yet powerfully effective. As we are all different and have different goals, our filters are unique to us. Focus on why you're doing what you're doing. And as Jim Rowan said, if you don't design your own life plan, chances are you'll fall into someone else's plan. And guess what? They've got planned for you. Not much. So write down Andy's three simple questions. What are you focusing on? What does it mean? What are you going to do? Then consciously design your own mental decision filters to reach fast, focused decisions that will help you to achieve your goals. Will this help me too? Dot dot dot. Yes? No. Keep your key questions written in a place that you can refer to them until they become natural for you to use without consciously thinking of them. What are your goals and what are your filters? There are no right or wrong questions here, only those that are relevant to you. So what is choice? It's the act of selecting between two or more possibilities, often the best or more appropriate course of action of the options available. You aren't born with your habits, skills and beliefs. These are learned and you have chosen to adopt them. Recognizing that you have a choice in how you think, feel and behave every day is incredibly empowering. The quality of your choices determines the quality of your life. You receive millions of pieces of information every second through all your senses and that you've chosen to train your reticular activating system, which acts as your brain's gatekeeper to filter the information for you to either refocus on or to reject. You're left with around 50 pieces of information that the conscious mind can process. This means that you're constantly deleting, generalizing and distorting information you receive every second. This becomes your understanding of the world as you represent it, a unique map for you of how you choose to receive the information through your senses. Who you are, what you do and what you have is all within your control. What you want to have determines who you become and what you do. The difference between those who make success, achieve their aim or purpose and those who do not lies in the fact that successful people are willing to do what unsuccessful people are not. They keep going because they have a plan and a purpose. It is a choice. What will you choose to do today that will make a difference to your life? Next up is episode 295 Calm Confidence with Jo Mosley. I almost called this episode brave enough, and you'll understand why as I go on. Dealing with grief, anxiety, menopause, and a knee injury, single mum of two grown up sons, Jo Mosley turned to paddleboarding to recover and reclaim her identity. Living on the edge of the Yorkshire Dales, Jo describes herself as a joy encourager, midlife adventurer, and beach cleaner. In 2019, she became the first woman to paddleboard coast to coast, raising funds for Two Minute Beach Clean and the Wave Project along the way. Taking with ease to the water, Jo gains a sense of movement, freedom and calm confidence. Brave enough to take the next step, she's built a reputation as a speaker, magazine contributor and as host of the joy of stand up paddleboarding, the podcast. Jo regularly features in magazines and has also has spoken at the Royal Geographical Society and at Women's Institute events to try to get more women into paddleboarding. In June 2022, her first book, Stand Up Paddleboarding in Great Britain, Beautiful Places to Paddleboard in England, Scotland and Wales, was published. It is her love letter to stand up paddleboarding. The beautiful places she visited with her board grace and the incredible community who shared their hearts and special places with her. Her hope is for readers to feel the same joy, inspiration and connection with the places she visited so they can enjoy their own amazing adventures. I've not been paddleboarding, but Jo has definitely sold the sport to me and I will be seeking out a place to do it near me very soon. Jo's message is bigger than simply discovering a new sport, though. Her message is about self-discovery, about finding joy after feeling broken physically, emotionally, mentally. She unlocked levels of confidence that surprised her, that she didn't even know needed unlocking. Overwhelmed by kindness, Jo has worked through restrictions, pushed through anxieties, and has inspired herself with her courage and confidence. She's taken herself on a beautiful journey home to joy. Home, she said, was coming back to herself. To the younger version of her, who was capable of conquering the world. She reignited the fire within her and hasn't stopped since. This is the brave enough message. Joe mentioned the film We Bought a Zoo, where the character played by Matt Damon says that sometimes all you need is 20 seconds of insane courage, just literally 20 seconds of embarrassing bravery, and I promise you something great will come of it. Having the courage for just 20 seconds is possible, enough to move you to the next step. How could your world change from just 20 seconds? Jo's world changed by standing on a paddleboard for 20 seconds, 20 magical seconds at a time, pieced together to create minutes, days, weeks, months, brave enough to take the next step. Paddleboarding has changed Jo's life. She's found joy and accomplishment through it and felt whole once more. Now her mission is to show others what is possible through her own adventure of hope and calm confidence. What do you need to do or say to yourself to be brave enough to take the next step? Do you focus on the obstacles and allow them to block you? Instead of these obstacles being seen as blocks, see them as opportunities for you to grow and transform. Obstacles add meaning to your life and are there to test you and push you out of the safety of your comfort zone. When you view them from this perspective, your mindset shifts to expect obstacles and you're much less likely to be thrown off course when they arise. A quitter never wins and a winner never quits, said Napoleon Hill. Again, the secret to success and essentially to life is to keep going, especially when quitting appears to be the easier or logical thing to do. Most people give up at the first hurdle they encounter. When facing an obstacle, try asking these seven key questions What am I not seeing here? What is working? What is not working? What else can I try? Who can I ask for help? What is my key learning from this? Why am I doing this? When you know why you're doing what you're doing and you know what your plan is, everything becomes crystal clear. You can make informed choices and quick decisions. You set goals which you go on to achieve. You focus on what is important to you. And that's why I have my tagline, have a purpose, have a plan, focus on why. Purpose plus plan plus focus equals success. Having a purpose in life enables you to do meaningful work, which you will find fulfilling. Obstacles are seen as on the way and not in the way. I spoke about grit, determination, and perseverance earlier. Combine these with purpose and daily habits to obtain your winning combination. Remember, your mind cannot hold negative and positive emotions at the same time. It is your choice what you choose to think. Your thoughts create your emotions, your thoughts and emotions influence your behavior. Your repeated behavior becomes habits and these habits shape your circumstances and your results. These results trigger more thoughts and it is at this point that you can then choose your response. So when you face obstacles, remember, it is an opportunity for you to choose how to respond. Are you consciously and proactively choosing your responses or are you giving away your power? Take control, take responsibility, take action, focus on obstacles and see them as on your way, not in your way. Every time Jo goes on her paddleboard, she feels a sense of calm confidence. It feels like her worries float away and she feels stronger and more able. Follow her 20 seconds piece of advice to face the obstacles on your way, to be brave and to take your next step and to perhaps even wear your brave bird pants just as my next guest Sarah Oakley advocates in episode 296, Find Your Brave. With a background in psychological coaching and performance stress management, Sarah Oakley found herself in an unexpected situation as the main carer for her husband whilst raising two small children. Recognising that she couldn't manage alone, Sarah reached out for help. Once her energy returned, she founded the Brave Bird community and built a purpose-driven business and fundraising activities around her drive to help others. Having found her brave, it's time to find your brave. But what does finding your brave mean? Brave is different for all of us, just as our purpose is. Sarah says that depending on where you are in life, your brave is going to look completely different and that's okay. So for some people, bravery is something monumental, fascinating or inspiring where the whole world stops to stare. Some feat of endurance or sporting achievement that's definitely brave. However, there's the other end of the spectrum where bravery can be brushing your teeth with a shaking hand in the morning and taking that first step out the door because life has been so hard for you. Bravery comes in all forms. Going back to Joe Mosley's 20 seconds of courage, how does bravery differ from courage? Curiously, there is a difference as courage involves fear. Bravery does not. Courage is knowing what not to fear, said Plato. The word brave comes from the late 15th century Italian word bravo and from the Middle French brave, meaning splendid and valiant. The Spanish word bravo, untamed or savage, all potentially origin from the Latin word barbarous. Being brave today means ready to face danger or pain and is an inherent characteristic. Being brave is second nature to those who exhibit it. There's no thinking involved. Brave just is. Courage, on the other hand, involves thought and is about doing something that frightens one, having the mental strength to venture, persevere and withstand danger, fear or difficulty. From the first records, courage comes from the old French courage, from cure, meaning heart, from the Latin word core, which is why it's considered a virtue. It was created to mean valor, quality of mind, which enables one to meet danger and trouble without fear. I think that bravery and courage are perfect partners. Bravery is strength, it's acting on autopilot. Courage is knowing what trouble lies ahead and doing it anyway. Knowing that there are differences between the two and when to recognize which is needed, whether that is being spontaneously brave or taking deliberate courageous action will serve you well. Going back to what Professor Flanagan was saying in his lectures, that words have powerful effects on people and you create your own definitions of what they mean to you because of your own personal experiences. Brave means something different to Sarah. Because of how her dad used the word when Sarah was a child, brave now means something very different. She said that there is no bravery without fear. For Sarah, the bravery is when it's awkward, it's flustered, it's done with sweaty palms or flushed face or out of sync of breathing. That, for Sarah, is bravery. She's on a mission to help everyday sheroes to find their brave. And to do this, she runs a community called Brave Bird Club, a podcast, and she sells pants to empower women and fundraise for a charity based in Bognor Regis, UK, supporting women through domestic abuse and violence called My Sister's House. That's what the Brave Bird community is built on. Sharing in order for healing, and within that sharing you find inspiration, you find strength, you find comfort. Curiously, Sarah used a really relevant metaphor to share since we've been talking about flying earlier with Cyril Mannion and black box sinking. Sarah said that she has a constant battle in her head, like if I'm in a plane, am I the pilot or the passenger? And she's still not sure. She varies between them. Some days she thinks she's in control of absolutely nothing and everything's predestined. Other days, to motivate herself, she decides that actually she has the will and the possibility to change things. Now, I've certainly had days like that too. I'm sure you have. Byron Katie, in her book, Loving What Is, helps to explain how to stay in your own business and to feel in control. She says that the only time we suffer is when we believe a thought that argues with what is. Katie says that there are three kinds of business in the world, mine, yours, and reality, that which is completely out of anyone's control, like the wind. She says that if you want reality to be different than it is, you might as well try to teach a dog to meow. Wanting reality to be different than it is, is hopeless. It's okay to be the passenger sometimes, just as other times you have to be the pilot. Control what you can control, let go of what you cannot. Focus on the tasks which are yours to complete Doing so will free you of business which is not yours to be involved in. Sarah said that we all want to find our bravery, don't we? That bravery doesn't need to be doing something massive. It can be doing that thing that scares you. Well, the same applies to purpose. It doesn't have to be massive. It can just be the thing that fills you with joy. Focus on what you can control. Choose your purpose, but find your brave. And my final reflection today is episode 297, The Near Futurist with Guy Clapperton. Can you remember watching tomorrow's world fascinated by advancements in technology and science and be curious as to what would ever become a reality? With a keen finger on the pulse of what the near future holds for us, media trainer and senior journalist Guy Clapperton appears to be ahead of the curve. In a world where anyone can now be a global broadcaster and journalist from their own home, Guy has already been home working for two decades. Guy has been ready for tomorrow's world today. He is the near futurist. He's been training people to talk to the media and to present for 20 years and has been doing so virtually since the late 2000s. Although this was clunky with slow internet connections, relatively poor microphones on laptops. And if you were lucky, you might have had a webcam. His objective was and is to ensure that the speaker gets their point across and isn't distracted by journalists with agendas and other distractions. A veteran journalist, he's seen many conference speeches, presentations and Zoom courses that were eminently forgettable. You may need to talk to him to make sure yours isn't one of them. Reflecting on my episode with Cyril Mannion around positively failing forward, this does not seem to be the way the media works. I asked Guy about the media's obsession with the failure culture as they seemed desperate to catch people out. His answer was that unfortunately, it is the case that bad news sells, that good news tends to be expected. Apparently, this is the old debate about what is in the public interest and what the public is interested in. Of course, truth is vital and there are always different interpretations of truth. Not so long ago, back in episode 270, Think with Bryce Hoffman, Bryce shared that telling the truth is the ultimate job of a journalist, even if that truth is very uncomfortable, even if that truth is problematic. Curiously, I hadn't ever described or thought of myself as a journalist. However, as a podcaster, Guy seems to recognise me as being so. So what is the role of a journalist in today's society? Journalists have a really important role to play. Yes, they write, they edit, they proofread, document and report stories. But ultimately, their role is to independently and ethically report the truth, to act with integrity and veritas. The news serves two different domains, political life and everyday life, providing society with key information which individuals, companies and governments can use to subsequently go on to make wise choices and informed decisions. Like it or not, the news has a key purpose in your life. This brings us back to the vital importance of communication again, truth, trust and verification of the truth, which is why I raised Hans Rosling's book Factfulness in the conversation I had with Guy. Have you read Factfulness? It's a fascinating read and I've mentioned it many times in my reflections before. Inherent bias often guides us through our daily life. We often don't even second-guess our daily decisions. Our instincts, however, could actually be a distorted version of reality and it's important to verify the facts. Perhaps we should give ourselves and our knowledge base a regular audit and step back to reflect on what are the actual facts. Rosling talks about the 10 instincts that we tend to follow and two of these are the fear instinct and the negativity instinct. With the fear instinct, factfulness is recognising when... Frightening things get our attention and remembering that these are not necessarily the most risky, that our natural fears of violence, captivity and contamination make us systematically overestimate these risks. To control the fear instinct, you have to calculate the risks, Rosling says. And with the negativity instinct, factfulness is recognizing when we get negative news and remembering that information about bad events is much more likely to reach us. When things are getting better, we often don't hear about them. This gives us a systematically too negative impression of the world around us, which is very stressful. To control the negativity instinct, expect bad news. And just as Guy said, good news is not news. If you want a guide to help you think clearly about the world and steer clear from untruths, then Factfulness is definitely the book for you. In an article called What is the Purpose of Journalism in the American Press Institute, the purpose of journalism is to provide citizens with the information they need to make the best possible decisions about their lives, their communities, their societies and their governments. Bill Kovach and Tom Rosenstiel wrote in their book, The Elements of Journalism, that the purpose of journalism is not defined by technology nor by journalists or the techniques they employ. Rather, the principles and purpose of journalism are defined by something more basic, the function news plays in the lives of people. And in another article, what role does journalism play in today's society? Journalism is the air we breathe. The author says journalism reflects society serving as the voice of the voiceless in pursuing the truth and offering an accurate, thorough picture of events and situations. So yes, perhaps with reflection, I am a journalist. With this podcast, I am reflecting society, giving voices to the voiceless. I am in constant pursuit of people's truth. The questions I ask the answers that are shared are all in the interest of helping you to make wise choices and informed decisions. So I'm curious to know, what Reflections with Actions will you take today? How has this conversation had an impact on you? What value have you received from tuning in? What are your Reflections with Actions? Please take a moment to leave me an Apple podcast or Spotify review sharing how Focus on Why has made a difference to you today. Remember, the conversation doesn't end here. To keep it going, simply connect with me on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook or Twitter or join the Focus on Why Facebook group. All the links are in the show notes. Have a purpose, have a plan, focus on why.